Matthew chapter 16. It just remains standing for just a few more moments as you turn your Bibles. Matthew chapter 16, we're going to begin reading in verse 24. I ask that you pray for my wife. We were here. We pulled into the parking lot, uh, both of us, with our children. And uh, she was coughing the whole way, the whole way, the whole way she was coughing. Uh, and uh, she was going to stick it out. And then finally, uh, she just, she coughed and, you know, she was just, it was coming up. And I was like, oh, man. She goes, you think I should stay or go home? I go, you know what, child, just go home. Just go. So pray for her. Excuse me, she's a little bit under the weather. Uh, if you get an opportunity, for those of you um, moms or, or, or for those of you wives, if you get an opportunity just to text her, tell her you're praying for her. Uh, that'd be greatly appreciated. I know she would love it. If she doesn't text you back, it's probably because she's resting. Uh, this has been going on for about a week now, and so I, I think we'll probably, I might have to take her to go, uh, you know, see the doctor, because it's kind of been a little bit long now. It's been almost a week, so uh, we're going to uh, pray for her. And uh, what's crazy is that she did a tremendous job this morning. I was sick, and you could probably hear it a little bit in my voice. She woke up early, got the kids ready, got them in the car, and she's like, let's go. But then it just came, so keep her in prayer on this special day. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 and 25 says, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life, all the fathers say lose his life, then it says, for my sake shall find it. Before you're seated, shake your neighbor's hand and tell them the DNA of a father. Then you may be seated. I want to share with you a little bit of the story. And I got a little bit of a video to it as well. And it's... Actually, when I first became a father, I'm a, fa I'm a father of four children, but if for those of you that are dads, you know that there's just a special place that the first one has. I mean, you, you, you try to say, oh, they're not all special. As they grow up, they're all the same, yes. But the first one shocked me. The first child that I had shocked me. To, I don't know if they're running the video here, but you could see a little bit of... When the first time I became a father, it's something that just kind of goes beyond all measure to me. And I remember that day being in the hospital, and I was getting a lot of text messages. I was uh, there in the hospital, there in the, in the waiting room. I was in and out, and, and believe me, I had seen signs of my wife I had never seen before in my life. And I wish I was joking. I really do wish I was joking. I still have marks on my arm. I could show you after if you think I'm joking. I'm really not. She grabbed my arm so tightly. I mean, she had never been a mother before either. You know, this was our first child. So I remember having our, our son and, 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 and preparing and, and getting ready. You know, I got the whole get up on. You know, I, I had all that. And, and I remember my mom was there as well. She had flown down. We were living in San Diego. And uh, when we were there, uh, you know, it, it was just a, a, a historic time 
within my life. I mean, it was so historic. I mean, I was taking pictures of everything. I was capturing video. I mean, as you could tell, you know, now probably seeing a little bit of the video of my son when he was first born. And, and I was like, I was so ecstatic. I'll never forget it. I mean, uh, just having him there, the, the, the doctor, I remember the first time holding him. Do you guys remember that? Some of you fathers, you know what I'm talking about? First time holding your child, I felt like I was going to drop him. Right? Oh, and the nurse had to like, don't just hold him like this. I'd held newborns before. I really had. But this was mine. It was different. It was a totally different world. And so I remember holding him and, you know, the, the, the nurse and the doctor giving me all the information. Okay, you, you got to do this and don't forget this. And, you know, in my mind, I'm like, I, I'm not really sure if I'm listening to them. And, you know, all this stuff is happening. Uh, I remember the, the, the car seat was like a big deal because then there was like new policies. Okay, you can't go without this type of car seat and you need to make sure of this. And so I was like, oh, man, you know, what do I do? What's, what's going on? What, what is happening? And, and. I, I remember getting them there, and, and then we got home. I'll never forget we got home, and, and my, my, my wife and, and my mom and, you know, even her aunt had come over the house, and we were preparing, getting everything ready and getting the house ready. It was, it was just like, you know, all, all of a sudden, like, my house became baby-proof, right? I just started proofing everything, and, I mean, I've never done this before. I didn't even know if what I was doing was right. You know, I was, just, I was just doing it. Like, oh, okay, you know, check this. And I remember uh, so one of the ladies had told me, make sure you prepare yourself for, for sharp objects. Don't put sharp objects nowhere around. Make sure the tables are around. And I was like, okay, you know, I'm doing everything. I'm, I'm putting, like, cloths on the tables. I'm just preparing myself. I, I didn't know what I, what I was doing. But in all honesty, the hospital, if, to me, I didn't really feel like a father. Not yet. Even though I held him, I didn't feel like a father. You know the time when I first felt like a father? Was when I brought my son home. We had gotten everything together. And I remember we were lying on the bed. And we had our son lying in between us, right? My, my wife on this side. I'm on this side. And it was probably about 11 o'clock at night. And he was asleep. Oh, it was awesome. It was probably one of the greatest feelings in the world. I love it when children sleep. I wish they would sell that Mr. Sandman dust, because I would love to just sleep. But holding him there, having him right there, and I remember I fell asleep. And when I fell asleep, at 2 a.m., the cry happened. The cry happened. Now, if you're like me, like every other father, I was just, I heard it, but I didn't want to hear it, you know. I heard it. But my wife was so drained. I mean, just drained. And I remember she had woken up just enough, you know, God gave her just enough strength to say, Stevan, get the baby, you know. <laughs> and I heard it, and I'd be lying to you if I had said I woke up and I was like, uh, no, actually I woke up and I was excited, but I didn't know what to do. So my wife told me, just hold him. And I was like, okay. And then when I held him, I felt something at the bottom. <laughs> and I go, oh my gosh. 
I go, Jala, you went to the bathroom. She goes, change him. So I remember I laid him down and I changed his diaper. At that moment is when I felt like a father. Not at the hospital, not when everyone else was asking me. It was at the moment I took responsibility for what I did is when I felt like a father. See, a lot of men do things to make them a daddy, but they don't take responsibility to make them a father. And there's a difference. There's a huge difference. I want you to know something. Just because you're a male in this place doesn't make you a man. And just because you feel yourself a man, if you have children, only responsibility and accountability will make you a father. And it's very important, listen to me dads, I might not get a, another opportunity to share this with you, so I need you to really understand and catch this heart of what God dropped inside of mine that you need to really get here this morning. See, fathering may be the single greatest challenge of any man's life, especially if you didn't have a father who showed you how to become a man. But I want you to know something here this morning. Take heart. God has given us a guide, a map, and a manual that has been tested and approved. All he asks of us is that we accept the challenge and trust him to lead us. It is our responsibility and no one else's. You and I alone can prepare our sons, and in particularly our sons, our children, to be a man or a woman and take their place in the leadership of the family. And listen to me here this morning, fathers. Don't let the responsibility fall on the wives to raise the sons. That's going to be the brunt of my message here this morning. I know I'm talking to you. I'm, some of you, I'm kind of culture shocking you a little bit. But that's okay. I want to culture shock you because I need you to get the holy culture within you. Now, listen to me. I know that many of you moms, I, I understand that you're single mothers. You are doing the greatest job in the world trying to take on two responsibilities. Most men can barely take on one responsibility. So to all the moms, I want to say this, that you're single mothers, you keep doing it with the strength and the wisdom of God. You are doing an awesome job. Don't let nobody tell you different. You are doing a magnificent job. But now with that being said, listen to me, fathers. Moms try their best to replace a father figure, but they can never take the place of a father. They try their best. They do their best, but I want you to know something. There's a reason why God created a father and a mother. They have their roles. And listen to me, Dad, I don't care if your son is a thousand miles away and you haven't seen him in a thousand years, you're still his father. You're still his father. And don't put the responsibility on no one else. That's your son. That's your daughter. See, God calls upon us as fathers to mentor our sons and train our daughters. These are hard times for young men and young women of today. The messages around them are very confusing and very devastating. 
And we cannot depend on teachers and, or coaches or youth leaders to mentor our children. It simply isn't enough. Our children need us now more than ever. There are no perfect fathers, so I, I want to make sure that you don't feel pressured to become a perfect father. Fathers are just sons that have grown up. They are flawed human beings. Their children are individuals, each with unique needs and personalities. That's why fathering is always a learn-as-you-go type of thing. That's why every day is a new day for fathers. Sometimes you think, just when you think you know your children, bam, a new child arises. Sometimes influences or circumstances that are completely out of our control enter a child's life and deeply affect or even derail them. Sometimes you find yourself on your knees with no answers at all. Other times you find yourself uh, right in the middle of the fight of your life for the children that God has given you. But just like the scripture that we read earlier, we find that the greatest gift of all is when we lose something. As a father, listen to me, as a father, it's very important to lose. Because in losing, you will find. The famous painter, Pablo Picasso, one time he had guests in his home and he was entertaining them. When one of the guests noticed that none of the paintings were hanging on his very own walls. Why is that, Pablo? Do you not appreciate your own paintings? On the contrary, replied Picasso. I enjoy them very much. It's just that I can't afford my very own paintings. See, Picasso couldn't even afford his very own paintings. And listen to me, dance. We cannot afford to not intentionally mentor our own children. Yes, it's a very high cost in mentoring, but there is no greater value for your efforts. None. S.D. Gilbert said, It may be hard on some fathers not to have a son, but it is much harder on a boy not to have a father. It's very important for fathers to connect with our children. Even more so, listen to me, even more so fathers to sons. And let me explain why. This was written in a news article. In the midst of unprecedented material affluence, large and growing number of U.S. children and adolescents are failing to flourish. More and more young people are suffering from mental illness, emotional distress, and behavioral problems. Now, primarily, it's the boys that are in trouble. And they are in trouble because they are not being mentored. Dr. Dobson wrote it like this. He, is, he had recently discovered much tragic news about the state of boys when they are compared to girls. Listen to me. Boys are six times more likely to have learning disabilities. Three times more likely to be registered drug addicts. Registered. Four times more likely to be diagnosed as emotionally disturbed. 12 times more likely to murder. And 50 times more likely to die in a car accident. Look at this. That's not all. Boys younger than 15 years of age are twice as likely to be admitted to psychiatric hospitals. Boys younger than 15 are five times more likely than girls to kill themselves. Boys comprise 90% of those in drug treatment. Look at this one. Boys represent 95% of the cases in juvenile courts. This is very important. Listen to me, fathers. 
This is very important that you catch and understand what our society, what our culture, what our young men need. So many young men are growing up not knowing what a real family or even understanding what the love of God truly is, who loves them. These are real unspeakable tragedies within our society. This even took place within the scripture where chaos from family had affected a nation. See, my fellow fathers, it's very important that we do not lose our sons. We must lose ourselves so that we don't lose our sons. See, Eli, what happened with him is he lost his sons, which in turn, he lost a nation. Turn with me to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 2, and you'll see here this morning what I'm talking about. And it's very important, listen to me, dads. I'm not going to be very long because I want to drive this point home that it's very important that as fathers, we do not lose our sons and lose our daughters. When you read the story of Eli, we'll find that before Israel had any kings, what they had was priests. Somebody say priests. Now this is very important because all the other nations were led by kings. But God's plan was that the covenant nation would be led by prophets and priests. The priests would in turn teach and mentor their sons so that the sons could lead the nation in the next generation. Eli was a priest over Israel. And the key to understanding Eli, listen to me, the key to understanding Eli was a man by the name of Samuel. See, when Samuel was a young boy, his mother took him to the house of the Lord where he lived with the priest, Eli. Eli would serve as a mentor to Samuel. And Samuel would be the last judge of Israel and a mighty prophet of the Lord. But here's the important reason. It was going to be Samuel that the Lord would send to anoint Saul as the very first king of Israel. Then later, when the Lord rejected Saul, he sent Samuel to anoint David. Even two of the books of the Bible carry the name 1st and 2nd Samuel. So if Samuel was an important role in the nation of Israel, who was the one that was important to Samuel? Eli. And Eli was to be the mentor to this young man who would one day have such a key role in the nation of Israel. But there was a major problem in Eli's life. His sons were priests, but they weren't qualified to be priests because they did not know the Lord. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 12. Look at this. This translation, I'm going to read from various translations, but this one is the English standard. It says this in verse 12 of 1 Samuel chapter 2. It says, Now the sons of Eli were worthless men. Ooh. Wouldn't that devastate you as a father? To hear that your son is worthless? But this is why they were worthless. Look at this. They did not know the Lord. Look, jump down to verse 17. Thus the sin of the young men was very great in the sight of the Lord, for the men treated the offering of the Lord with contempt. Now what was happening here was the people were bringing the sacrifices to the priest. They were bringing it to them. And what was happening was the sons of Eli were dipping into that. And they were taking it, what, what, what belonged to the Lord, and they were taking it unto themselves. In other words, it would be the equivalent if you were to come right now 
and I would have an offering basket, and you bring your finances, and in front of all of you, I bring my sons, and I say, okay, Stevie, get whatever you want. Wouldn't you kind of feel like, whoa, that's what was happening with Eli and his sons. Look in verse 22. Look at this. We're going to read this story. Now, Eli was very old of 1 Samuel chapter 2, and he kept hearing all that his sons were doing to all Israel. And how, he lay, and how they lay with the women who were serving at the entrance to the tent of the meeting. Look at this. Not only were his sons stealing the sacrifices, but also they were having sex with the women who served at the tabernacle. But look at this. This is the key. Eli knew about their sin, but did nothing about it. Eli was a spiritual leader, but he did not give any attention to his sons. He did not mentor and teach them to love and honor and give reverence unto God. Look at verse 29. It says, Why then do you scorn my sacrifices and my offerings that I commanded and honor, and you honor your sons above me? Now what's very important here as we look at this is that Eli was doing the work of the ministry that he never really did the work of the ministry in his own home. His first ministry was his home, but he neglected it. And what happened was the work of the ministry that he neglected at home carried over into the work of the ministry in the tabernacle. He thought that if I focus on the church, if I focus on the tabernacle, if I focus on this, everything else will take care of itself. No, it was the other way around. And Eli lost that. See, he allowed his very own sons to break the laws of God and refused to discipline them. And by doing that, Eli was honoring his sons over the Lord. Because he refused to discipline his sons, God was going to discipline Eli's sons. Instead of fathering his sons as God had commanded him, he let them slide and get away with all kinds of things. So his boys, this is what happened, they got worse and they got worse, and they got worse. And because Eli never stepped in and took charge of them, Eli was leading in the tabernacle, but his home was out of control. So now jump down to 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 12. A man of God, the Bible says, comes to Samuel, I am going to carry out all my threats against Eli and his family from beginning to to end. I have warned him that judgment is coming upon his family forever because his sons are blaspheming God and he has not disciplined them. Listen to me. Eli was given chance after chance, but nothing happened with his actions. No response. This, here we go. This is the brunt of my message right here. This is the classic symptom of of a passive father, a passive father, to sit back and do nothing. Listen to me. Here in this church, I want to tell you something. We're not raising up passive fathers. We're not raising up men who sit back and do nothing. Mm. 
My, my wife sometimes asks me, even she asked me for the first time the other day, she goes, do you have ADD? I go, what? What are you talking about? She goes, yeah, because you always got to want to do something. I go, well, if that's what ADD is, then sure. <laughs> but I know a lot of times, even if you kind of flip that word around, I don't want to have ADD. I want to be the right DAD. Listen to me. My job as a father is to make sure that my children are being disciplined under the presence of the ordinance of God. Do not be a passive father that just allows your children to do whatever they want. Because if they do, I'll read about them in a statistic. Listen, I know it's tough to be a father. I know it's a lot of times we look at the pressure and we say, man, I can't deal with it. I just let them do whatever. No! Don't let them do whatever they want. You need to teach them how to honor God. You need to teach them how to love God. You need to teach them the things of God. It's very important that you train up a child. Listen to me. The Bible says train up a child in the way they should go. It doesn't say that when you train up a child in the way they should go, when they get older, they're going to be perfect. It says when they get older, they won't depart from it. Because they're going to know and understand that I had a father who taught me. Now listen to me. This is the, the brunt of the message right here. It's very important. Listen to me, dads. I know moms are here and women are here, but I'm really talking to the fathers. What you give to your sons and your daughters, listen to me. I'm going to give you three points. It's called DNA. DNA. It's in your DNA. You know what you're giving your sons? Discipline. Discipline. You need to teach them discipline. It's very important that you understand discipline. Look at the person next to you say, DNA. Proverbs, look at this. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 18 says, Discipline your children while there is hope. Otherwise, you will ruin their lives. I know I go, I'm, I'm, it seems like I'm coming against much of the culture. Oh, you just love your children. Listen, if you love your children, discipline your children. <laughs> discipline your children. This is a big key. See, because see, we're humans. Don't forget, we're perverted. We distort everything. So when we say discipline, oh, don't discipline because you're going to heal. Wait, I didn't say beat your kids. See how human beings are? We, we could distort anything. We'll distort anything. We'll pervert anything. We're humans. You need to learn how to discipline your child the right way. Because otherwise, when they get older, you ruin them. You need to teach them what it is to come to church. Yeah, you teach them that. You no, no, no. You sit here. I can't tell you how many times I think underneath I still might have a mark from all the pinching that I got from my mom. No, 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 you sit here. You sit right here. And my mom was really good. I mean, I think I got my acting from my mom because she was really good. Because she would look at me and say, God, you better sit here. You better start moving. Hallelujah. Glory. Praise. I know it was the blood. I don't care if that's blood coming out of your arm. You better right now don't move. 
Now, however you feel about, oh, don't touch it. Look at everybody parents differently. I understand that. But one of the things, according to the scriptures, you better learn how to discipline your children. You got to teach them what it is to honor and not just discipline them as in don't do that, don't do that. No, discipline them on what to do. See, we've got a lot of parents disciplining on what not to do. Don't go over there. Don't touch, her. don't touch that. Don't talk to her. Don't do this. Don't do that. And so we think discipline is a bunch of don'ts. When actually all reality, discipline is a bunch of do. Do honor God. Do love God. Do help your neighbor. Do unto others. Do, are you understanding me? It, the discipline is not about don't. It's about what you do. And it's very important that as fathers, we get this. See, we can't afford much of the things, many of the riches of this world. Many of us as fathers, we cannot give them the greatest education by sending them to West Point or to MIT. But, but listen to me, every father can give their child the structure and discipline they need in order to become a responsible adult. It's never too late to make sure your authority will, take, will make a lasting legacy within your child, even if you're a grandfather. Even to the grandfathers, ask God to give you the wisdom to be a godly grandfather. Look in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 15, it says, Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. In other words, it is our job as fathers to get rid of foolishness. That's your job. Your job as a father is to get rid of the foolishness. See, if it was up to my son, if it was up to him, he would go to bed at any time he wanted. If it was up to my son, he would eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner ice cream all the time. If it was up to my son, he would run and scream as much as he wanted. Yelling whenever, wherever, just because he can. Well, it's up to him. But see, it's up to me to say, that's foolish. Don't do that. You'll ruin your teeth. Don't run all the time. You'll break your arm. Ah. <laughs> if you don't know, my son, just two days ago, uh, four or five days ago, he ran and he broke his arm. Six years old. Normal six-year-old boy. It's funny because my wife, she's like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. And I go, chill. It's all right. It'll be fine. It's okay. But I'll tell you one thing. He's going to learn not to do that again. <laughs> and the crazy thing was, I wasn't even there. The ground taught him. Good job, ground. See, my job is to make sure that I don't raise a fool. That's my job. My job is not to raise perfection. My job is to make sure that I raise a son that loves and honors God. Only a fool says in his heart, there is no God. My job is to make sure that I drive that out of him. He may not like it. He may not understand it. But that's okay. I'm not here to make sure that he likes it. I'm here to make sure that he gets it inside of his spirit, inside of his nature, that he understands that, okay, when my father disciplines me, it's because he loves me. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 1 says, A wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish son 
brings grief to his mother. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 21. To have a fool for a child brings grief. There is no joy for the parent of a godless fool. Mm. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 25. A foolish son brings grief to his father and bitterness to the mother who bore him. Listen, you need to know this. Listen to me. Every son wants to be disciplined. Now I know you're thinking, no way, no way. Listen to me. I'm speaking from a son's perspective as well. Every son needs to be disciplined. See, he may not like it at first, but the happiest son on earth is the son who has been appropriately disciplined. Biblical discipline. Biblical discipline actually relieves a son. It lets him know his father really loves him. Did you know that discipline actually clears the air? The other day I was disciplining my son. He was getting out of hand. He was getting out of line. And I was getting ready to spank him. I was getting ready to spank him. Now, for those of you that may not believe in spanking, well, amen, praise the Lord. I do. Spare the rod. I'll tell you right now, I ain't raising up no spoiled children. I don't do it all the time, but this was the crazy thing is that I was getting ready to spank him. And he's like, no, no, no. You know how he does it? No, no. Oh, I want no banking. I want no banking. I want no banking. So I was using, getting ready to use this as a, actually an opportunity. Because at first, I was, you know, as a regular father, you get fed up quickly. So you're like, I'm just going to spank him and that settles it. But something snapped too within me. And I was getting ready to spank him. And I go, you know what? And he's crying, he's crying. I go, stop crying, stop crying. So I'm like, oh, well, no. I go, I'm not going to spank you. Do you know why you're crying? Do you know why I'm about to spank you? And he goes, yes. I go, okay, why? And then he starts telling me, you know, I was running over there, you told me not. I'll go, oh, okay, so you understand. You're getting it. He goes, yeah. I go, okay. Now listen, stop crying. Stop crying. I go, I'm not going to spank you if you never run like that again. He goes, okay, okay, okay. I'll tell you one thing. I didn't spank him, but I will tell you this. When he was done, the discipline that I had shared with him, helped him understand, oh, so he really does love me. Spanking is not what he always wants to do. He just wants to teach me. Now, I'm gonna, if I'm honest with you, he's a three-year-old. He's probably going to do it again. And he'll probably do it again. I don't think that the one time is going to solve all the problems, but I will tell you this. It's my job to make sure that he doesn't run like that ever again, that he doesn't talk like that ever again. And when you discipline a son, and it's funny because all of a sudden his face was like, I go, do you love daddy? He's like, yeah, I love daddy. See, because a true genuine son understands genuine discipline. They understand what it is when you do something out of love, not out of spite. Don't ever do it. You should never. No, no, no. This is what you should do. Because if you do this, you will honor me as a father. There is honor in that. And discipline helps clear the air. The second thing that you and I as fathers do is we give them the end, the never give up. Do not teach your children how to quit. Don't tell them how to go. Never give up. See, the never give up attitude 
that you and I should have is to never quit. Don't be a father who shows your child how to, qu how to quit. Life is going to be hard, but it should never bring out the attitude of giving up. Somebody once said this, pain is nothing compared to what it feels like to quit. I heard that and it kind of rocked me. Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not become weary in well-doing, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. You know what the word weary translates to? It, the word weary translates to, to faint. Some of your translations say faint in Galatians 6, 9. That word faint has to do with the flag. In other words, don't faint or don't wave the white flag. Don't get weary. Don't say, you know what, I, I just can't do this no more. I'm done with this. I'm just tired of this. See, and fathers are known for fainting. You may not faint on the floor, but you're known for fainting mentally. You're known for fainting spiritually. You're just like, I can't do this, man. I'm done with this. These kids, they get on my nerves. Man, they don't listen to it. You know what, man, I just, I'm done. And fathers have a reputation of fainting. And it's very important, listen to me, it's very important that as fathers, we need to teach our children, yes, life is going to be hard, but don't faint. Yes, life is going to be difficult, but don't give up. Yes, life is going to bring times at you in tribulations, but don't give up. Don't get weary in well-doing. Keep going. Get up. You can make it. You can do it. There's a drive. There's a passion inside of you. Don't give up. Teach your children how not to give up. Don't teach your children, oh, man, I just can't do it no more. I can't do this. You know, I, I, I remember I learned from my father many years ago that it was very hard for him in ministry and trying to do it all. And his talk, I remember many times my parents would talk about, do you still want to do this? It was, it was tough. It was real hard. And then later on, he's learned, okay, I can't talk like that because I'm starting to put that into my children. No, no, no. Even though I may feel like it, I'm not going to share that. And it's very important, listen to me, as fathers, this is, this is a big key. This is one of the biggest differences between men and women. Because men, a lot of times, they feel like it, they don't say it. Women feel like it, and they'll just say it. I, you know, I'm going to say what I thought. I'm just going to say it. But this is a key ingredient to the difference between a man and a woman, and this is why God made you that way. Men, you may feel like fainting, but don't say it. Don't share it. Your children are watching you. Your children are seeing the flag. No, 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 no. Take this flag and learn how to serve. Take this flag and learn how to shine. Take this flag. And when everyone else is learning how to give up, take this flag and learn how to save. Save those in need. Save some things. Put some things inside of here. Put it right there. I'm going to go around. Even though I don't feel like it, I'm not going to go by my feelings. I'm not going to give up. Somebody said this, age wrinkles the body, but quitting wrinkles the soul. The last one, as AJ comes to the piano, is to adore. First is discipline. Second is never give up. 
And the, second, the third one and the last one is teach your children how to adore the Lord your God. Psalms 29 verse 2 says, Honor the Lord for the glory of His name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of His holiness. Listen to me, man. Learn how to be a man of character and a man of honor. Keep the commands of the Lord. But don't do this out of duty, but do it out of a wholeheartedness. Do it with all your heart. A genuine love. Kids can always tell if you are ashamed to do what you're doing or not. They can tell. They can see. Oh, my dad, he really loves my mom. Or, ah, yeah, they're there. They could tell. Children could tell. Oh, my dad, he really loves God. Or, yeah, no, my dad, he goes to church sometimes when he can, if he feels like it. Children could tell if you really have a genuine love for God. Children could tell. You may not think so, but you need to know this. Children can tell if you really have a love for God. They can see it in you. It's around you. It's inside of you. It's how you speak. It's how you talk. It's in what you do. Do you honor God? Listen to me, dads. When the world says that we're losing the battle in sons and daughters, I believe that it's about time for us to take the battle back and say, no, the battle belongs to the Lord. It belongs to the Lord. And we're going to honor God in this Excuse me, in this house, once again. As for me and my I'm not going to faint. I'm going to serve. Dads, listen to me. I'm concluding right here. I wish I could speak strong about a mother. I can't. I'm not a mom. I could speak to mothers, I could speak to women, but as far as the understanding, I do my best to just go on the scriptures and, you know, dive into it that way. What does the Bible say about moms and women? And I'll do my best, I study, and I'll go in there and I'll share to women. But when it comes to being a father, I've been a male for 34 years now. I've been a man for, I don't know, a few years. And I've been a father for six. And one thing that I've learned, and I am learning, is that my sons are going to honor their father when they see me honor my father. I know you may think, it's giving all my kids everything. Then they're going to love me. There's a big lesson learned in that. If you do your own study on millionaires and people who give their kids everything. It'll shock you. It'll shock you. I, I know if it's just, I do all this stuff for my children. They're going to love it. They're going to see that I'm their best friend. Well, you could try. But really, in all reality, when you study the scriptures, God called you to be a father. That's what he called you to be. A friend is it's a part of it, but you need to learn how to be a father. And the greatest way to be a father is to love your heavenly father. Let your children see you love God.
Let them see that my dad has a, has a love and a passion for the things of God, that he's not caught up in the things of this world, that he doesn't have a concern just to acquire things, just to uh, attain all these things, and just to, to give them to me. But I want to see a dad that loves God. I want to see a dad that knows how to pray. I want to see a dad that knows how to give. I want to see a dad that knows how to love people. I want to see a dad that honors God. And I'm even talking to you, those of you that have children, that they're far away. That you feel like, man, I messed up with that one. I'll never get that back. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Believe me, your children are still looking. They're not looking for a righteous dad. They're not looking for a dad who's perfect. They're looking for a dad who is honorable. That's honorable. Give me a father that I can honor. A father who honors his father. A father who will give honor to him, who will learn how to adore God. Let your children see you lift your hands. Many of you, your children have seen you lift your hands in the wrong way. Because people have told you, put your hands behind your back. And you think, man, I went to jail, I went to prison. That's how my kids know me. They know me as a guy who was running, who only listens to those in authority when the red and blue is around. Then he gets right. No, I want to see a dad who gets right by honoring his father. Someone who comes face to face with the truth and makes the adjustments. and says, yes, this is the way that we should go. Listen to me. It's never too late to be an honorable father in your household today. Never too late. Never too late. As for me and my house, I know that you weren't the perfect dad. Oh, my kids will never believe me. They're, they're just going to see a Bible and think I'm fake. No, 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 no. That's okay. They're going to they're gonna see a Bible, and their initial reaction is just like a five-year-old kid maybe. Oh, yeah, whatever, I don't care. After a while, they see a dad do it over and over and over. They go, wow, this is really my dad. How did this happen? He used to cuss me out. He used to not care about me. And believe me, the initial reaction of most children, oh, now you want to call me. Now you want to you know, care about now. Well, yeah, now you're right. Exactly right. Eli didn't do that. Eli lost his sons and in turn lost the nation. It's never too late to lose yourself so that you don't lose your sons. Hear me out, Dad. Not looking for perfect dads, looking for honorable fathers. Honorable fathers. Fathers with DNA that can be passed down to their children. Give the Lord a great big hand of praise here this morning. Stand with me here this morning. You already know that I'm going to ask all the fathers to come. And this is a very, very special time. I want all the fathers to come right now. I want to pray for all the fathers. I don't care if you're a brand new dad of a six-month-old and you think none of this applies to you. Believe me, it applies to you. 
And even if you're 60 years old, 70 years old, and you say, well, I got grandchildren already. Listen, it, uh, th that's crazy that we would even call a, a father grandfather. That means you're a thousand dads. You're a grand. That means everything that you do is a thousand times honorable. So even for you grandfathers, yes, very much so. So if you're a father, I want you to come right now. And listen, I, I'm going to pray for single moms as well, but right now I just want to pray for the men. I want to pray for the fathers. And in just a little bit, I will pray for all the single moms because you hold a special place. But, uh, let's honor the fathers for just a brief moment. <clears throat> Dads, look at me really quickly. Whether you're a stepfather or you're a father, that your children try to treat you like a stepfather. You're a dad of small children and you really haven't experienced teenage years yet. Or you're a father that you're beyond all the teenage years and you think, I'm beyond it now. I don't, I don't really have all that much more to do. I'm done with that. No, as long as you're breathing and as long as your children are breathing, you need to be an honorable father. A father that loves God. And for those of you that have small children, there's no better time to start than now. Teach your children now. Show them now. Listen, fathers don't get that much of, you know, a high sign and, and the highlights of different things because pretty much a lot of times people feel, well, everything is all about the dads. But in all reality, it's not about the dads who love God. We need fathers who will love God, honor God. Do your best now. Don't lose, like Eli, don't lose that. Lose yourself in the ministry of your sons and daughters. Today, if you haven't spoke to your children in a while, you need to speak to them. You need to let them know that they have a father who's honoring God. Not a perfect father, but a father who's honoring God. I'm still here. Not perfect, but I'm here. And if your children live with you, oh, man. You're giving DNA every day. Every day, never give up. Adore God. I discipline you because I love you. Never give up. Don't quit. It's flowing out of you. It's the end. Those are your children. Those are yours. They're yours. You teach them how to love God, how to adore God. It's for me and my house. It's for me and my house. I know you're not perfect. It's for me and my house. For me and my house. I serve the Lord. I want to pray for you dads. Right now, if you can, if there's a father next to you, put your hand on the shoulder of the father next to you. If you can, whether he's in front of you, side of you, put your hand on the Father. Those of you in the congregation, lift your hands this way. Stretch your hands forward this way. And let's pray for our fathers. Dear Heavenly Father, come before you right now, Jesus. And Lord, I pray right now, Lord God, that you would touch each and every one of these men, Lord God. Each and every one of these fathers. They're not just dads, they're fathers. They're not just men, they're fathers. They're not just a male figure, they're fathers. Bless them, Lord God. Be with them, be, especially be with those who their children are away, or they're overseas, they're, they're in the military, they're, they're living overseas, or they're living out of state, my God, and they don't get a chance to see their daughter or see their son every day. Lord, that there is a connection within their children, and that's their DNA. Lord, let the DNA flow through them, Lord God. Whether they're a stepfather, a biological father, or just doing their best to be a father figure within a child's life. 
Lord, I pray that today they would be honored and they would be men that would live honorable. Let them be the kind of man that would be an honorable man to follow and an honorable man to live by. Bless them in all that they do and all that they say. Every action that they take, Lord God. Let them be honored. Let them be honorable. And let them honor you. Father, I thank you, Lord Jesus, for each and every one of these fathers. It's a very special day, a very special moment, even right now. Lord, I pray that there would be a man that would turn it around in his house right now in the name of Jesus. Today would be the day to make a change. Let him change, oh God, let him change. Let him not lose his sons. Let him not lose his sons. Let him not lose his sons. We don't want to lose our sons. Touch them right now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Now stay right here, Dad. Stay right here. Now I want to pray for single moms, just for all the single moms. If you can, if you can come, all, all the single moms. I don't know how many we have. If your husband is away or, you know, whatever it might be, if, if we can, you know, maybe your husband's passed on, husband's uh, behind bars, or if you can, if you can come. Can we have the mom, can you come to the front? Can we make it just a little way? Dads, don't leave because you're going to pray for them. Come to the front, moms, if you can. Moms, mothers, come on up over here closer if you can. Single moms, come on up. Come on up right here. There you go. I know we got a few more. Come on up. Come on up. Come on, Joanne. Especially Joanne. You're, you're a miracle mom. You really are. Okay. Now, moms, if you can, just really briefly, I want you to know this. What you do, I'll be honest, I don't, I don't know if I could do it. I don't know. What you do, get a lot of honor. You don't. But know this. This is a Father's Day. We want to honor the men who are fathers. But you, my prayer, is that you get a double blessing of double honor for the responsibility that for whatever reason, there's different reasons, you know, a, a passing, a, a sentence in, in jail, or just flat out laziness of a man that happens too some men are just lazy but look it's not about what's not happening he didn't do this that didn't happen it's what God is doing with you right now and God's given you a very special strength and you need to know this I honor you these men they honor you actually probably a lot of these men were raised by single moms right how many how many of you raised look at that it's a lot. It's a lot. They honor you. They honor you. You're honorable today and beyond. You're honorable. Bow your heads. I want to pray for you. Dad, stretch your hands forth. If you were a son who was raised by a single mom, if you can, if you could just come and lay hands, if you want to, just lay hands on the mom or you're related to any of these women up here, please, by all means, you can come. Lay hands. 
Let's pray. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray for these mothers. These are very, very special moms that you have given a special strength and a special understanding for. Lord, I pray that you would bless them right now, Lord God. Bless each and every one of them, God. Lord, I pray even a financial blessing, Lord God. Let not the hardship of finances find them feeling like fainting or giving up, God. Touch them right now, Jesus, I pray. Bless them, Lord God. May they be women of honor, mothers of honor. Lord, they try their best to take on a dual responsibility, and Lord, it seems hard. Lord, I pray that at night you would strengthen them, rejuvenate their bodies, Lord God. Lord, let their legs find strength, their shoulders find strength, Lord God. Let their hands, Lord God, not grow, uh, grow weary, oh God. Lord, at times when headaches come and try to overwhelm them, Lord, I pray a peace upon them right now, Lord God. Peace upon their parenting. Peace upon their finances. Peace upon their household, oh God. Give them strength right now, I pray, oh God. Lord, let them raise up men and women, Lord God, that are going to honor you, Lord Jesus. Father, I thank you for what you've done and what you're doing. Have your way within each and every one of their lives. Bless them, Lord God, whether they have one child or many more. May they find honor in you and be an honorable mother. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give a hand to all the fathers and mothers here this morning. Turn around.